0: Welcome to the Preaching Podcast. I'm Paul Robinson, and thank you so much for listening today. Have you ever heard somebody say to you or someone else, hey, you look an awful lot like your dad, or you look an awful lot like your mom? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today, looking like Christ. What does it mean to look like Christ, to be like Christ? Um, We do know that we are you know after you get saved you you become a child of god but how can you look like your heavenly father or you look like your savior the lord jesus that's what the message today is all about and and this is a this is a very good message because it talks about a lot of different things in the christian life it talks about how we're made in the image of god what does that mean it talks about putting off and putting on talks about illumination it talks about a lot of interesting things that i think you'll find that that you'll you'll find interesting but more than just that uh things that you can take and apply to your life and and become more like christ and I, i sure hope that that is your intention today so thank you for listening and uh i i do believe this will be a very helpful message for all of us so without further ado here's the message looking like christ When it comes to replicas, there's nothing that's been replicated more than the than expensive watches. There are entire websites that exist simply to sell you replica Rolex watches. Uh, these watches look like the real deal; they even have the Rolex logo. Hey, but guess what? They were made in China, and they're not worth much. Uh, it's just a replica. Uh, they, they do have the image, however, they do have the image of a Rolex watch. And it's very interesting that within these two verses in the book of Genesis, the very first chapter of the entire Bible, God is speaking of his creation. He's speaking of his special creation, the creation of man, man and woman. And uh, there's two specific words that we find. In verse 26, we find the word likeness. God says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Actually, those, those are the two words, image and likeness. Now, an image is a representation or a replica, like a, a replica Rolex watch. It has the image of an actual Rolex watch. It looks like a Rolex watch. Now, it's not quite the same. It uh, wasn't quite manufactured. You know, it's, it's uh, more of a... Uh, It's more of a a phony, a fake. Uh, But it's got that image, okay? And so when we're talking about uh, image, it has to do with a representation. That we're made in the image of God. In other words, we have a mind, will, and emotions. Uh, God's given us a free will, God's given us that mind to make decisions. You know, animals. Uh, don't have a will. They don't wake up one day and say, "All right, today I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to plan." <laughs> they don't have—they uh, don't have their own will. They have instincts. They just act on their instincts. We have a mind, we have a will, and we have emotions. These are things that God has. We're made in His image. All right, so it's like a—it's it, it, like a representation, a replica. But then we have the word likeness. Likeness is a gauge of comparison. And this is the substance. You know, you've heard it said like father like son, right? That means that the son looks like the father or the son acts like the father. There's a there's a similarity there. Uh, the son is is similar to the father in his substance. Literally, he's got the DNA of the father. And so it, it's the same substance. It's, it's more of a, a substantive thing. And so... Here we have image and likeness, and tonight we're going to talk about the image of God in our lives, and how uh, we have the image of God, it's been marred, it's been, uh, you know, tainted, and also the likeness of God, and really how the image and likeness of God, uh, how that should uh, cause us to live our lives. And we're going to go a little bit beyond just image and likeness. We're going to talk about how that should change us. And there's a transformation process that should be taking place in our lives because of that. Uh, how God works in our lives, in and through our lives. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. So I first want to talk about these two aspects, image and likeness. Let's talk about image first. Uh, two specific aspects to image. First, we have a marred image, a marred image. Here in Genesis chapter 1, this is before the fall, it says that we are made in the image of God, all right? But I want you to notice Genesis chapter 5, turn to Genesis chapter 5 and verse 3. This is after the fall, of course, sin has entered into the world. And I want you to notice what it says in Genesis 5, 3. It says, and Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image. Notice it says, not in the image of God, it says in the image of Adam. You see, that is a, a marred image. That's the sin nature. That, that, that is the image that, that we pass down to our children. You know, you have uh, the, the father, the mother, and they have the children, and they pass down their own image to their children. It's a marred image. It's that sin nature. It would be like if you got a replica of Rolex watch that didn't work. You know, uh, you see, we, we were born broken. We were made in the image of God, having a mind, will, and emotions, but we were also made in the marred image of Adam. We're selfish. We lie, we cheat, we steal, we manipulate, we hurt, we fight. We control. We rebel. We complain. We devour. We destroy. In other words, we're broken. We're broken. It's that marred image, and so yes, it's true that we still are made in the image of God, but again, it's also true that we're that image has been marred by sin, the sin nature, and so we have a marred image. But I want you to notice also tonight a moldable image. A moldable image. You see, in the Old Testament, God compares his people to clay, and he calls himself the potter. Of course, Jeremiah chapter 18 deals with this, where God says to the prophet Jeremiah, All right, Jeremiah, why don't you go down to the potter's house, and I want you to see the potter. He's making uh, some pottery on the wheel, you know, and all that. He's moving it around. He's making a a, a vessel uh, on the potter's wheel. And God says this, in Jeremiah 18, 6, he says, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as a clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. And so God desired to shape and mold his people into what he wanted to make them. This idea comes to full fruition in the New Testament. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I want you to notice what the Apostle Paul tells us, Romans 8, 29, concerning this molding process, this shaping process. Romans eight twenty nine says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So you see what God wants to do is he wants to take you and he wants to shape you and mold you into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And uh, that is a perfect image. You can't, you can't get better than that. That's like that fine china that you see. That, uh, and, and I'm not talking about replica. I'm talking about real fine china that is just beautiful and it's perfect and it's sparkling. And that's what God wants to make out of your life. And he wants to conform you and shape you into the image of Christ. Also look at 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18. This is such a wonderful verse. Speaking of image. It says, But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. This is such a powerful verse. And we're going to come back to it a little later in the message. But notice what it says. The glory of God is so powerful that God, He can change us. We are exposed to His glory, and He can change us from glory to glory. We're changed into that image, and we're going to talk about that uh, just a little bit later as well. But my my point here is that it is a uh, moldable image. You see, after we get saved, very important, after we get saved, uh, Jesus Christ... Uh, has saved you from your sins. The Holy Spirit has taken up residence in your heart. You're a child of God, and now God can ta- take you, and He can shape you and mold you into the image of Jesus Christ. And uh, that should be all of our goals, to conform more and more into the image of Christ. So that is image, and secondly, we want to look at likeness. We want to talk about likeness tonight. There's also two aspects about likeness. First, we have partial, a partial likeness. Once again, uh, you think of like father, like son. Like father, like son, you know, that's a partial likeness because the son is not exactly like the father. You might see a son and you might say, he looks just like his dad. You know, he looks just like his dad. That's true, but he's not his dad. He looks like him. Or you might say, wow, you, you talk just like your father. He sounds like him, but he's not his father, you know, there's still it's though so there's a partial likeness there. And at salvation we inherit we inherit the royal bloodline. Look at Romans eight seventeen. Romans eight seventeen. Says, and if children, if we're children of God, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. You see that? When you get saved, you become a joint heir with Christ. You inherit all the things. of of, that Jesus inherits. We're joint heirs with him. And so we have the royal bloodline flowing in our veins. Children of God, heirs of God. Boy, that sure is exciting, isn't it? Amen? That's exciting. And so we have a a partial likeness. It's only a partial likeness for now. But then that brings us to the second thing here. That that is a complete likeness. Complete likeness. Look at 1 John John 3 and verse 2. 1 John 3, 2 as we see here a complete likeness, 1 John 3, 2. Notice what it says. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, all right? So remember, we're saved, so we're the children of God now. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So the time is coming when we shall be like Christ. We'll be just like him. In other words, we will be sinless. We will be perfect. Hey, you know, in heaven there's no sin. There's no sin. There's no pain. There's no sorrow. None of that. We were talking about that the other day with the uh, the. Uh, we had a Bible study yesterday, and we were talking about that in our Bible study. Talking about what it's going to be like in heaven, and we had to admit we don't know uh, all the details. You know, we don't know what heaven. What are we going to be doing? But we sure know one thing. There's no sin in heaven. We are going to be perfect, we're going to be sinless, and it's going to be an amazing time. And you know, you can always look forward to that, no matter how hard life gets, you can always look forward to to heaven. Amen? Amen. Uh, Also look at Psalm 1715. Psalm 1715. I want you to notice what David says here. Back in the Old Testament, David was looking forward to this as well. In Psalm 1715, he says, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness... I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. And so David is saying, boy, I can't wait till, you know, I close my eyes in death, but I wake up and I'll be just like you with thy likeness. I will be perfect. I'll be sinless. Boy, that'll be a wonderful time. And let me tell you something, you cannot live a perfectly sinless life uh, in this life. There is some teaching that says you can can, uh, attain sinless perfection, but... The Bible says in 1 John that if we say we have no sin, we call God a liar. So we cannot attain sinless uh, perfection in this life because we have this body of sin. We live in a sin-cursed body. We still have that flesh. Boy, that'd be great if we didn't have that flesh to put up with, but we still have that flesh, that old man. And so we can't live sinless lives in this life, but in the next life, we get a new body, a sinless body, that is perfect, no sin. That's going to be amazing. That's going to be such a wonderful time. So, we've talked about the image of God, that we have the image of God, and it's a marred image. We have a sin nature, but, but uh, and then we, we talk about likeness, that we are, are made, uh, we are like Christ. And, and we have that partial likeness, we have that royal bloodline uh, in, in our veins. We're, we're going to inherit all the things that Christ has inherited, and then, of course, a complete likeness. In heaven one day. So this leaves us with a question. Well, for right now, in this life, how do we become like Christ? How do we become like Christ in, uh, for this life, for today? That's a very good question. And so that uh, takes us to the book of Ephesians. Turn to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4, verses 22 through 24, gives us the exact answer to how we become like Christ. Starting in verse 22, it says that ye put off, concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So, These verses give us a three-step process to becoming like Christ. Did you notice the three steps? Put off the old man. Renew your mind and put on the new man. That's it. Well, it sounds pretty simple. So let's go through these. First we have put off the old man. This is a deliberate choice. I'm going to put this off. Just like when you take off a coat, you have to deliberately take it off. It doesn't just come off automatically. You gotta take it off, right? Put off the old man. Romans six thirteen says this says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. All right, yield yourselves unto God. You know, when you yield to something, I don't know about you, you drive in your car and you have that yield sign, and what does that mean? That means you got to slow down, maybe stop, you know, look. Okay, nobody's coming. All right. Now, if somebody's coming, you have to let them go first because you're yielding to them. Or, or you see that crosswalk where it's like yield to pedestrians. Can you believe that? you got to yield to pedestrians so they can cross. All right. So, in other words, that is a deliberate choice that you are making. Now, you could just blow past the yield signs. You say, I'm not yielding. Sorry, pedestrians, I'm going. All right. You're not yielding. And so what the Bible is saying in Romans 6 is you have the choice to yield your, your members, your body, to yield to sin, to say, okay, I'm going to give in to sin, or you, have, or you can yield to God instead. You can say, I'm not going to do that, Lord. I'm going to yield to you instead, Lord. I'm going to yield to your word, and I'm going to yield to your will. And, 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 and I'm, I'm not yielding to sin. I'm not doing that. It's a decision you have to make. And when he says, neither yield ye, what it means here is stop presenting. In the day-to-day confrontations with sin, stop giving in. And this requires commitment. This takes commitment and dedication to say, I'm not going to give in to sin. I might have a weakness for this sin, but I have the ability to say no. I don't have to do that. I don't have to live in that sin. So I'm going to say no. I, I'm, I'm going to yield to God instead. So that's the first thing. That's, that's putting off the old man. You know, put, putting off that sin. Saying, I'm done with this sin. Goodbye. Taking it off. I'm throwing it away. I'm done. I'm confessing it. It's over. I'm putting it off. And then the second thing here is to renew your mind. Renew your mind. Uh, It says in verse 23, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Romans 8, verse 5, says this, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So, in other words, being fleshly or spiritual is a mindset if you're thinking about carnal desires, guess what you're going to do them when you're carnal, you're at enmity against God. That's what it says in Romans chapter eight You're at enmity. The carnal man is at enmity against god you're God's enemy and this is why you must guard what you let into your mind. you know your mind. your mind is so 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 very important. At, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he, the Bible says. You know, so eventually the, your thinking is going to lead to the direction that you go in your life. Your yeah, thinking leads to actions. Always starts in the mind. And that's why it is so important that we take the time to focus our minds on the Word of God, to fill your mind with the Word of God and not the junk of this world. Amen? In fact, Romans 12, verse 2, you probably know what it says. It says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So instead of conforming to the world like a chameleon, just blending into the world, instead, no, you, you need to be transformed, and it happens in your mind. It happens when you, when you get into the Word of God, when you spend time reading this book. That is how God renews your mind. That's how He transforms your mind. You know, I think we, many times, we, we need to change in our thinking. We've got the wrong thinking. And the Word of God will change your mind. The Word of God will renew your mind, transform your mind, so that you have the right kind of thinking which leads to the right kind of living. Amen? It's so important that we renew our mind. Now, keep in mind that that happens happens after you put off the old man. You put off that sin, you put off the old man, and the next thing you do is renew your mind. Okay, I've put it off, I've put away the sin, and now I'm going to get into the Word of God. I'm going to spend time in the Word of God. What does the Bible say about this? How can I draw closer to the Lord? And so we get into the Word of God, renew our mind. That's the only way that this transformation can happen. It doesn't happen when you sit out in nature and meditate, get among among nature and just, I'm just going to be one with nature. No, it's only going to happen through the word of God. That's the only way this transformation can take place. And then finally tonight, uh, we, we put off the old man, renew your mind, and then finally put on the new man. Put on the new man. It says in verse 24, that she put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. You know what the Bible says in Romans 13:14? it says, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now, isn't that interesting? We've already put off the old man. We already put him off, and now the Bible says, Okay, put on Jesus Christ, and don't make provision to fulfill the life. Okay, don't put the old man back on, you know, and don't make provision to do it. You know, it's real simple, because if you know what you're weak towards, don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to give in to that temptation. You know, for example, if someone is, is a, they, they, they've come out of a, be, being an alcoholic, you know, they, they struggled with drinking, wouldn't it be wise for him to Walk down that aisle in the grocery store that has all the beer, right? That wouldn't be wise because he's got that weakness. He should stay away from that, all right? So don't put yourself in a position where you know you're weak towards that sin. Make not provision for the flesh. If you are putting off a bad habit, it is very important that you replace it with a good habit, all right? All right? And that, that's very common. That, that's taught by uh, the many counselors. They say, okay, you're struggling here. You need to get rid of it, stop doing it, but you need to replace it. That's the principle here. When you put off a specific sin by confessing it, you must replace it by something that is good and that is pleasing to God. You know, someone struggles with listening to worldly music, get rid of it and replace it with some good godly music. Amen? M- music that will will get your mind on the Word of God and on worshiping the Lord. Very important. And you know what? This isn't something that you just do once. All right, I'm going to do that today. I did it. Now I'm good for the rest of my life, right? Wrong. This is something that you will be doing throughout the rest of your Christian life. Boy, I wish we could just do it once and we're good. But, uh, you know, we have that uh, sin nature, remember? So that old man, he comes back. He comes back and uh, he tries to tempt us to sin. So we got to put him off again, put him off again, renew my mind, put on the new man again. It really is a daily process. We really have to do it every day. And so it's very important. In other words, we need to stop exposing ourselves to sin, and we need to expose ourselves to God's Word and let it change us. I want you to think about this. When you go out into the sun, uh, you know, say say you go... I don't know, to the beach or somewhere, and you want to get a nice, a nice tan. You know, you want to get a nice sun tan. And so you get a nice sun tan, you come back. Guess what? People can see that you have been affected by the sun. The sun has, has changed your appearance. You know, you, you have that nice, that nice tan. Or maybe you're sunburned. You know, like me, you get a red face. Uh, there are some days when I'm out working and I come home, and I didn't even realize it, but uh, my face is red. And I realized, wow, those, that, the, those, those sun rays today must have been pretty powerful because I'm, I'm all red sunburned from the sun. All right, Th- That's what happens. Why? Because you have been exposed to the sun for, for a long enough time that it has changed you. It has affected you. And by the way, other people can see that. They can see that. They can see that change. Oh my goodness, I, I see you got a little bit too much sun there. I forgot to put on that sun tanning lotion or something or whatever, but they can see that change in you. And remember 2 Corinthians 3.18? 2 Corinthians 3.18, which says, We all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, when we are exposed to the glory of God, it affects us, it changes us, and our lives, your life will shine. Your life will shine with the glory of God, and you know what? Other people are going to see it. They're going to see it. There's a change, and it has changed you. I, I do not believe you can be exposed to the glory of God, that you can see the glory of God and not be changed. We see that with Moses. We see that with Job, who saw the glory of God in it. it caused him to I repent in dust and ashes, it changed him. And so we need to be exposed to the glory of God in our lives, and when that happens, it says it changes us from glory to glory. You see, we, we are changed more and more into the glorious image of Jesus Christ. And so we need, but here's the problem. and you all know this is true that you get that suntan or that sunburn, if you're not continually exposed to the sun, what happens? It fades away. And, and now that, that nice tan you had, now you're as white as a sheet like me again, okay? You're, 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 you're back to normal, in other words, back to the way it was. Why? Because you haven't continually been exposed to the sun. And it's the same way in our Christian lives. We're exposed to the glory of God and God changes us and it's magnificent and our lives are, are shining. But if we do not continue to be exposed to the word of God and the glory of God, eventually we grow dim again. We grow dim and things just go back to the way they were, go back to the way they were. And uh, that, that's very easy to happen and it's because we, we, we are not exposed to the glory of God. And so you might have times in your life when you're exposed and, and just you're you're on fire for the Lord and things are wonderful, and then and then you become dim again. You become dim again, and, and you lose you lose that shine. And the problem is that we we have stopped being exposed to the glory of God. We've stopped being exposed to the, the powerful word of God that can change us. It's so important that we get that exposure. In his book, Changed into His Image, Jim Berg says this, and I quote. This effect of illuminated truth upon the heart of a believer is the essence of revival. When the Holy Spirit reveals the glory of God to him, the believer's response is always, This is right. I must believe it. This is wonderful. I must praise it. This is compelling. I must do it. A man moved in this manner by what he is seeing of God is being revived, and others cannot help but noticing the profound change. The change in him is the direct work of the Spirit of God upon the soul of a man who is seeking God in his word. You see, that's what revival is. When we spend time in the word of God, we're, we're putting off our sin, we're saying, I'm done with that, and we get into the word of God, and we renew our minds. The word of God renews our minds, and we are, we are changed. We see the glory of God, and God speaks to us, and God changes us, and then your life is shining. And, and your life is changed, and you say, I must do this. I must obey God. I must live for God. And you get on fire for God. That's revival. That's revival, and that's exactly what we all need. And, and it only happens when God works through his word, the Holy Spirit's working in your life to change you, to change you into the image of Christ, to change you more and more to be like Christ. And that's so important that we get that illumination and we get that shine in our lives. Our lives are shining. You know, that's the problem today is the fact that so many Christians, they're dim. There's no glow. There's no shine. And so the world looks at them and is like, well, you got nothing special. I, I, I don't see any difference. It's very sad. It's a very a poor testimony of our Savior. The Bible says, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And so, that light should be shining through us, right? Absolutely. Now, as we close tonight, let me ask you, how much are you like your Savior? Are you conforming to Him every day? Are you Christ-like? You know, I think it's very interesting that couples who've been married for several decades, they, they start to look like each other, don't you think? They start to, now I'm not going to mention any names, but we might have some couples in our church... They, they look like each other. It's very interesting. Well, why do you think that happens? Well, I think the answer is clear. It's because they have spent so much time together. Eventually, they begin to think the same, and they act the same, and they even look the same because they've spent so much time together. And you know what? That is exactly how it is in the Christian life. When you spend more and more time with Jesus Christ, you begin to think like Him, act like Him, and even look like Him. That's the way it should be. Well, sad to say that many Christians don't look anything like Christ because they're not spending time with Him. They're not spending time with Him. Oh, I'm so busy. I just don't have time. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Lord. I don't have time today. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. And it's not a priority in their lives. And as a result, their minds are not being renewed. There's not that opportunity for the Holy Spirit of God to work in their hearts to change them. And as a result, they don't look anything like Jesus. They look just like the world. They need more sun exposure. Exposure to the Son of God found only in God's Word. Do you desire to be changed into the image of Christ? I pray that we would all strive to be more and more like the Savior every day. To be more like Christ. To, to think like Christ. To act like Christ. And yes, even to look like Christ. Amen. You know, that is a sobering thought to think about. How much do I look like the Savior? When people look at me, can they see Christ in me? Do they see a difference in my life? Ask yourself that. Do other people, do the people around me see a difference in my life? Because if you're saved, if you're a child of God, there should be a stark difference in your life compared to the world. You know, the way the world looks, acts, talks, behaves, all these things should be much different for a child of God. And so it all comes down to that every day, being conformed more and more into the image of Christ every day, allowing God to work in and through you to conform you to the image of Christ, to become more Christlike. More Christlike. And uh, so, anyways, uh, I, I hope that was a blessing to you today. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can check out my website, paulrobinsonbooks.com. And uh, don't forget, Christmas is very soon, just a few weeks away. Keep in mind that I've written six books now, and these would make great Christmas presents if you'd like to buy one or any of my books and uh, get it for someone in your life, get it for a a fellow family member or a friend. I think that these books make for wonderful Christmas presents. Uh, Also, my church's YouTube channel is Northside Baptist Church, North Glen, Colorado. But I did want to tell you, if you're not aware, that the Preaching Podcast has expanded to YouTube. So now the Preaching Podcast is on YouTube. And uh, you've now you've got to keep listening on Spotify for the full episodes. But the, the, what I'm doing with YouTube is just adding extra content. And I'm having videos. I'm having devotional thoughts every week. And I'm having a, a videos making the most of your prayer time, making the most of your quiet time. I'm having book reviews. And, and for Christmas, I'll be talking about some Christmas-specific things on my YouTube channel so be sh- be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel all right be sure to get over there if you haven't yet subscribe and keep up with everything going on and I sure would appreciate that I'm Paul Robinson and until next time God bless you